Our message for today is the words of our Lord Jesus, served from Matthew chapter 11, verses 12 and 13. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Our Lord Jesus said from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been violently assaulted and that the violent take the kingdom by force. Put otherwise, we enter into our inheritance of the kingdom of heaven through conflict. We should note that he used the phrase until now in the present continuous tense. In other words, the same condition of violent assault against the kingdom of heaven prevails till date. And until this moment, the pathway to possessing our heritage of life and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit is by contention. The only way we get to exercise the authority of the dominion that is ours in our union with our Lord Christ is by fighting for it. This conflict was foreshadowed for us in Israel's possession of our God-given heritage of Canaan. Every inch of ground she occupied was gained by overcoming the enemy in battle. Furthermore, our Lord Jesus also revealed that the reason for the contention is that the Old Testament was a prophecy of that which was to be fulfilled in him. What the prophets and the law prophesied about the kingdom of heaven is being fulfilled from the day John the Baptist appeared publicly to Israel until today. Since our Lord Jesus said in essence that we take the kingdom of heaven by force of arms as it were, who are we contending against? The Apostle John reveals to us who we are contending with in Revelation chapter 12 verse 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. We are at war with the great dragon, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, the apostle also re-echoes the truth that our opponent is the devil himself. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, the apostle Paul writes about those we are contending against in these words. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He reveals that our contention is not with human beings, 
but with the cohorts of Satan who are spiritual beings. It is expedient that we go further in profiling and detailing who we are fighting against. To this end, we turn to the words of our Lord Jesus, written thus in Matthew chapter 12, from verses 26 to 28. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then shall his kingdom stand? But if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. Two kingdoms are brought into view in this passage. Number one, Satan's kingdom, and two, the kingdom of God. Both kingdoms are revealed to be at conflict one with the other. Here is the point. We are fighting under the auspices of the kingdom of God against Satan's kingdom. What is the contention for? Why are we at war with the great dragon and he with us? In his fundamental teaching of the parable of the sower recorded for us in Matthew, Mark and Luke, our Lord Jesus revealed that the reason for the warfare is that the devil does not want the seed, which is the word of the kingdom planted in us to grow to maturity, so that we do not bring forth his fruit. Stated otherwise, we are fighting to ensure that we grow up in all aspects to the Christ planted in our hearts. However, fruit-bearing is not an end in itself. There is a higher purpose for the conflict other than Christ coming to maturity in us. This was prophesied in a part of Isaiah 61 verse 3 which reads, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. The ultimate end of us bearing the fruit of the Christ planted in our hearts is that God may be glorified. Our Lord Jesus would subsequently affirm this in John chapter 15 verse 8, saying, Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Ultimately, we are contending for the glory of our God and Father. We are at war with the great dragon for the prize of God being glorified through his Son, Christ Jesus, in us. Having established who we are at war with and what we are fighting for, we may now proceed to the theater of war itself, beginning with the words of our Lord Jesus, written for us in Luke chapter 14 verse 31. 
or what king going to make war against another king does not first sit down and consult whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Our Lord Jesus revealed that if we are going to prosecute a successful warfare, the very first thing we must do is to know the following. 1. We must know our arsenal. We need to know what we have in our armament to confront and overcome our enemy. 2. We must know the enemy's resources and capabilities. And 3. We must determine if with the weapons of our warfare we can overcome the enemy with his military hardware. So what weapons do we have at our disposal to confront and overcome the great dragon? We saw a few moments ago that the warfare we are engaged in is actually a conflict between the kingdom of God and Satan's kingdom. It is therefore expedient that as our Lord Jesus counseled, we need to know the might of our kingdom. Now, the strength of a building is determined by its foundation. The foundation upon which our kingdom of God is built is revealed in these words written in Psalm 72 verses 1 and 2. Jehovah reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of islands be glad. Clouds and darkness are all around him. Righteousness and judgment are the foundation of his throne. The foundation upon which the throne of God is built is righteousness and equity. The symbol of the authority of the kingdom of heaven is revealed by the Apostle Paul in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8. But to the Son he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A setter of righteousness is the setter of your kingdom. Simply put, righteousness is what gives the kingdom of God and of his Christ authority and power. Furthermore, the premise upon which the captain of our salvation and the commander-in-chief of God's army wages war is unveiled in Revelation chapter 19 verse 11. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. Our Lord Jesus executes God's judgment and goes to war on the basis of righteousness. Now, here is the point. Our number one weapon for fighting and overcoming the enemy of our soul is not prayer and fasting, but is righteousness. The Apostle Paul stated this otherwise in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 from verses 9 to 11. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? 
Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Twice it states that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And in between making the statements, it gives a clear warning that we should not be deceived into believing otherwise. And it will repeat the same warning with its antithesis in Galatians chapter 5 from verses 16 to 26. He is simply saying to you and I that we cannot overcome the great dragon and consequently enter into our inheritance of life and of peace and of joy in the Holy Spirit if we indulge in unrighteous acts. Neither can we exercise the authority of our dominion over him and over all his works. And if you will, over the earth and all that is therein. On this note, we conclude our meal with these words written to us in Ephesians chapter 4 from verses 22 to 24. That you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Amen.